0: Hey everyone. So we are back with two very special guests today. Um, We have James at the table. We have Pastor Lisa at the table. We have Shaney Holmes at the table. So join us for a a delightful um, conversation right after this video clip. they're waiting on us. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? So, this
1: is the land of the free and the home of the brave who dress up as cowards on Sunday. We are in the midst of a civil rights tension. We feel like we're living through it once more and again. Too many of our churches in Georgia, even across the landscape of the nation have faith, but they don't have justice. 93% of what Jesus did was outside of the church. And now 93% of what we do is in the church. We have faith, but we have lost justice. Isn't it amazing that the black church always prays about the crime, but never addresses the poverty? Something is wrong in our church when we only have an economic agenda around a tithe. We want your 10% and never tell you how to multiply the 90. Woe unto us as a black church that we're pointing to what we used to be and not what we presently are. We've got to put our foot down and say, as for me and my house, not only will we serve the Lord, but we're gonna graduate as for me and my house. Not only are we going to get a job, but we're going to create jobs. As for me and my house, not only are we going to have a checking account, but we're going to create generational wealth. As for me and my house, not only will my name be on the back of the check, but my name will be on the front of the check. As for me and my house, not only will we serve the Lord, but we'll look like Him. The
0: camera that is pretty unique I did not see that clip but we are back today is May what's today May 2nd 2022 we are pushing through the year already and I am super excited because we have two very special guests with us we have Pastor Lisa Muster, who is in live in the studio with us and we have somebody online we have Shaney and I'm not gonna put because you didn't put your whole name out there I'm not gonna put your whole name out there. <laughs> but we there. you Sh- can <laughs> we have Shaney Holmes with us too and and i i have to start off here right i have been captivated by i know you have a podcast you do every thursday called why justice matters right and i know shaney has been one of your guests on there a few times and i was Mm -hmm. captivated actually by the conversation you guys had like a month ago um it got so in detailed and so indebted like you guys had to do a part two of it but it was really interesting when we kind of talked about some of these issues that um that we thought were past our time right we think about I know Shane, you joined us when we went to Selma and we talk about right. like, Selma and even that moment there's a clip that we have in one of our videos of us kind of coming down the hill on at, at Selma and there's police officers on the other side and I just think that that was very interesting because the view of that but as you know today is the beginning of election day in Georgia right yeah. let's start off with voting right um, we understand that voting rights is or we believe voting rights are under attack here in the, um the great state of georgia and across the united states of america shaney starting with you why do you feel like there are so many states putting um prote- going out to protect our vote quote unquote um like the great state of georgia has done in this last election
2: well i think the gist of it is that people of color are finally coming to see the strength Of unity in a vote and I don't think that that was perceived to ever happen you know and um, when it finally did happen and I started to kind of see a curve right around when Obama was elected the first time it was almost like people were saying to themselves okay now what do we do and I feel like ever since then there's been this scramble to try to dismantle you know the unity that the Obama election because I, I really believe that it hit supremacy from the left i did not i think they thought it was as a matter of fact i tell you a little story i was a member of a country club at that time this closest you know since COVID, and there was a, a meeting that we used to have it was called young professionals breakfast and it was actually in i remember in 07 right before the election it was actually a joke at the table you know because someone actually said at the table um well jesse jackson ran in the 80s ha 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 but it became less funny as we got closer to him winning so i, I think that the scramble is about what do we do now to suppress that vote
0: and pastor lisa i know this is something that you have been extremely passionate about i know that your church has done work when it comes to voting rights issues and getting people out to vote mm-hmm. why do you feel like the state of georgia felt like they had to protect our vote when statistically let's look at the stats right the fact of the matter is that the last election 2020 we had more people come out and vote in the history of our country more people actually came out and voted in Obama election believe it or not right Right. Um, we know that every state that they have tried to contest including Georgia um we know that every state has went through processes where they said like this was the most secure election by far ever in history Mm -hmm. um we know Russia didn't tap into it wasn't doing anything crazy what change in Georgia that made them say that hey we have to protect protect the
3: vote quote unquote I mean I think just cut and dry when you have like you said an astronomical a historic turnout specifically of black voters I mean just an unheard amount and you know the efforts that were made to not only register and yes we had a voter registration drive for everybody at our church but um you know, just um, unprecedented efforts to register specifically black minority voters and to get minorities to the polls to vote. And and they did. And um, I think at the end of the day, this just goes, in my opinion, to show that overall, as a country or specifically in the South, or I can just speak to the state of Georgia, that there's still such a stronghold of racism and still um, such a, you know, mentality, which I mean, not to get so deep into it, but really at the root of it is white supremacy, that, that there's, there's a mentality that now um, hold up, hold up, you know, you, you can be here and vote, but not if you, um, you can't turn the state blue or, and not even to get political about it, but it's the point is you can't have so much power, you know, your vote's okay. As long as it doesn't challenge us, the, the majority, theory. the status quo, right. the majority. Right. And right. so when you know the vote does challenge and overturn the way things have been, then instead of this is just what's mind boggling to me, Sean, because it's facts. You know, instead of them, um, you know, looking and saying, okay, it's because hello, an astronomical amount of. Minority voters were registered and got to the poll. Instead of just looking at that, that's the facts, and they spoke; their voice was heard. That's right, but because it, it just speaks to how serious and and it's just really discouraging how um, instead of just acknowledging, yes, black people do have a like Shani was talking about, yes, finally black people have a voice and it's being heard. Instead of just acknowledging that they're, you know. They would rather do anything, find anything, just look for this, look, make, create things, and um, you know, go on lies and untruths so than to just acknowledge the fact, then and to and to be happy. You know, to, we should be glad. Finally, right. finally, everybody right. has a voice. Finally, your voice is being heard, and it's just really discouraging that. Well, guess what? It's really not. It's still trying to be suppressed. So, as you know, as you're fighting, you know, um, with that victory came a, a renewed effort to, um, you know, it, it might not be count the jelly beans in the jar or pay a fine. You can't you can't pay now, but it's, yeah. you know, we're going to withhold the ballot boxes in your communities. We're going to, you know, make stipulate, we're going to, we're going to say count the jelly beans. Just It, it just looks different. And so um, it's, it's just, it's sad to me. And it's, it's, I mean, the state of Georgia and then Texas is right behind it, but, you know, things in the South um, and the country, but the strongholds that are in the South are still there, and um, so that's why we have to keep up the fight. Yeah.
0: You know, it's funny, too, because if we kind of talk about that, we actually see that today um, Fannie Willis is actually going, starting the grand jury process to yeah. try to convict um, or try to see if there's enough evidence to go after the former president for Trying to tamper with the vote, right? And I was listening, re listening to the audio last night. It was very interesting because you couldn't, have, I don't think you could have heard a black man on the phone with the secretary of state or the governor's office saying, Hey, I only need 14,000. And like to the T, like I only need 14,768 votes. That's right. all I need you to find, right? right. And for them to and, and and for him to even say on the audio like only that's one more vote than what we need in order to win your state.
2: Right. And then the crazy
0: part is that he's gonna have to state that even if he would have won Georgia, he still would have lost the election. That's um, right. So I mean it didn't really make that <laughs> much of an impact.
3: Right.
4: Now you know I think that you know whoever was telling him the numbers that he needed for the state of Georgia neglected to inform him of that part that you know even if you win Georgia you still don't win the election you, don't you know right. and it looks different and I agree with what was has been said already the status quo quo has been challenged um <clears throat> because voters are turning out in mass numbers and it's making a difference so they can't um they're not able to do and just push through the program their agenda The way they've been doing in years past things have changed the people have voted and they're getting out more and that's right
2: and it's making
4: a big difference and so the only way they can fight it legally the only way they can fight it is to change the laws within the state and just do everything they can that way like you said it's still jelly beans but Mm -hmm. it's in a different
2: you
3: Sorry, it looked like we were having a little bit of technical
0: difficulties, but we are back and it looks like we're still live. So we're back. Um, I'm so sorry, Shaney. That wasn't your fault, it was our fault. That's all right. Comcast. We got to make sure we pay our bill on time. Um, no, but so even when we talk about that, we see that the past president, I mean, he's getting ready to now they're getting ready to um, make moves. But then the part that threw me off is I think that Fannie Willis had came out and said D.A. Fannie Willis came out and stated that she was not going to she's going to prepare the grand jury, but she's not going to move on the grand jury to after the May 24th election because right. she doesn't want to look like it's political. For those of us who've been waiting for justice, we've been waiting since. January 6 2020 um I don't know or 2021 right I don't know what that looks like I mean I I don't understand how we have gotten as a nation where we don't touch certain things if it's an election season or not if a person is wrong whether they're wrong or wrong they're wrong right I don't understand why we're sitting around who wait after May 24th because the reality is that um let's think back to 2000 and 2012 right or 2016 mm-hmm. when Hillary Clinton was running against President Trump it was 3 days before the election That's that the right. FBI came out and said hey we may have found some additional emails and then it was a day before the election that they came out and said nope there's nothing there to look at cool. so the, the 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 mentality that we don't dig into stuff like this when it's political or when it's a policy time of the year mm-hmm. like shame shame on us yeah. The right republican
4: side will drop the bomb whenever they feel it's right, necessary. right. They they the Democratic a side will will back up and hold off and because we don't want to be seeming as if it's a political move
0: but when i but well, well, this is the question i have too though so you know michelle obama who um who i admire don't get me wrong she said when they go low we go high right and that has been what the democratic party has ranted off of and that's been their platform
2: but the reality
0: is that as they've been going higher, the other side has just been going lower and lower. Absolutely. And the reality is that the only way we're going to win elections. I'm sorry, but we have to Sometimes. we have to get down in the dirt. Right? <laughs> I agree. Shani looks like she's in agreement on that part. Like,
2: yes, 100 um, percent. I think it's time to get just a little bit dirty.
0: <laughs> but not only dirty. I mean, the fact, the reality is that I, I mean, I, I'm not saying whether I'm Democrat or Republican, right? Most people make an assumption based upon the fact that I sit here (laughs) in this beautiful brown skin, um, what party I represent. But the fact, the reality is that I'm for voting rights being expanded for everybody. I'm also for the fact that, um, like you know, we've been talking about here, like in the state of Georgia, it's unconstitutional for a person, let's say that Shaney or Pastor Lisa wanted to bring a minimum wage um, increase to the ballot, right? As a citizen of the state of Georgia, I don't have the constitutional right to go out and work to bring that amendment to the ballot, right? Mm -hmm. The only way I can get that done is through my legislator. But in the state of Florida, they would have never passed the minimum wage increase if it wasn't for citizens bringing it to the ballot. Um, And even now, like people, I I think one of the things that's most discouraging is that we talked about like people, what they're doing to try to restrict our vote, right? But the fact that for us, definitely for African-Americans, we don't understand the importance of voting we don't understand the importance of actually waiting in line we don't understand the importance of actually being out and not only that the sacrifices that came before us in order to make sure that was able to happen for us like most people don't even know May 24th is the only ballot where we'll see judges on right see, you will not get a chance to vote for your judge in November come May on. 24th is That's it, right. right um and if I want to make a difference in the courtroom if I want to yes. say I want to be standing for social injustice or standing for the rights of S offenders, then I need to make sure I'm voting for a judge that looks at it as offender or looks at an offender as not just a nimble sheet of paper. Right. That's a person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but most of the people won't get out and vote on May 24th.
3: Or they won't, they don't take the time. And I mean, this is just a challenge to everybody is not only is that true, but what's even worse, makes it even worse is um, they don't take the time to look at the candidates. Like yeah, right. um, last night, um, and I'm not even say. I, I mean, that I'm, I would vote for any of them, but just, and I know you watched one of the gubernatorial watched, debates. you told me
0: about it, I watched it. Yeah,
3: so there yeah, was I mean, one on last night, it was the Republican candidates, mm-hmm. and there was an African-American woman, white woman, and three white men. <laughs> and anyhow, the point being, like just- I know you enjoyed hear, one of
0: them so much. Oh my, <laughs>
3: yeah, I've been, yeah, I've been having fun with one of them. But um, But just, I mean, the fact that here are the people that are on the ballots, talking from their heart and i mean I, you know i heard all kind of stuff from this one that, but the point is just you know they're they're saying where they are you hear from their heart and who's going to turn in a gubernatorial debate on people? yeah that's not the coolest thing to do on a um, whatever that was my, sunday night but um but that was between nba playoff games by the way but um <laughs> but right. you know but then it's not like you know. Some people say if you don't vote, you can't complain. I mean, you you can still complain. But the the fact is, like you said, Shaman, we we have an we have a chance to make a difference, and we have a. And it all starts on the community level first. Like you said, I've, I've said that so many times that the judges, you know, the, when you vote, when it's just a local election, people overlook those. And then also city council meetings. We have city council meetings open to the public. I know in my county, I used to go to them. I haven't lately, but um, every they used to be every month right there in the, you know, the public courthouse open to everybody. And you could bring anything. And what I found was a lot of the council members were already one way or another, and it doesn't matter what you brought to them. They already had a way they felt on it. But that all goes back to then when they're up for election or re-election then I knew like that one is just stubborn in, in these old ways or this one, you know, and it was just based on me. But everyone has a right to, I mean, it's we the people, they work for us. Our taxpayers pay all these people. And so, I, I mean, I agree with you completely. So, we're, if they work for us, then we have to hold them accountable. And we, you do a great job of that with Black Push. Once they're in office, you're the one that says you made these promises. Now let's see if you're going to keep them. But we have these these um, debates, these count. They're just not glamorous things to do. But if you care enough, you know to prioritize your time to hear from the people you're voting, or if you, you know, if you say you care enough, but then you're not going to vote, but then they're going to be making the laws. They're going to be making laws about justice laws about you know criminal justice all education money they're the ones you know the council members get the money and determine where it goes and if you know i mean that's important stuff and it's really important on the local level first so um you know we we have to um, understand where we can you know um like you said do a better job at um exercising our voice our right for our voice to be heard, and even if you go to a council meeting, and you don't feel like you're heard. The vote, voting, and the judges is everything. But and those judges that get in, you know, on the local levels, they're the ones that eventually get to federal levels and the state levels and to the That's Supreme right. Court. You know, they build up from that. So you can't underestimate when you vote a local judge in. You know what that that person could be the next Supreme Court justice. So right. um, it's very, very critical. As yeah, sorry. I and didn't mean to go. No, off I, I, I have a
0: question for the whole table, right? And Shane, I know you're not sitting at the table with us, but you're sitting at the table. I okay. Is it. um, do we feel like institutions have to do better? So you brought up a very valid point that last Mm -hmm. night we had a gubernatorial debate, right, on the Republican side. Mm -hmm. But it was kind of overshadowed by the fact that there are NBA playoffs, right? Mm -hmm. Do institutions need to do better? Because at the same time, they know that if a person goes down to seeing Stephon Curry play Mm -hmm. on a Sunday night or watching Brian Kip argue Mm at Purdue and all these other people, (laughs) which one are they going to choose, right? TV
3: or DVD. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, but I mean, most people don't even know. But do institutions need to do better, though? Could they do better? Like to make sure that hey, what's going on that night in particular? Can we work around it? Can we instead of showing the game at eight o'clock, can we show the game at nine o'clock? So they
3: they would have to accommodate like a whole nation full of Mm. schedules and votes. They got the money. I think we just need a dvd (laughs) You're NBA playoffs fan. Oh, yes, sir. I
4: I think that it was. I think strategically to have a gubernatorial or any kind of uh conversation debate uh with candidates during playoffs uh, or any sporting event that is that it's going up against for any particular day um it's strategic that they have it at that time because if the majority if the the new voters minorities are coming out in masses well they're stuck on watching the sporting event they're not watching the gubernatorial thing. And if you said it was in between, sandwiched in well, between Well, somehow games, I saw right?
3: both, so I don't know how I but, did that. So, my, but, my but, team, but the yeah. challenge,
4: so there's a challenge of making yeah. a decision as right. do I watch the game or do I watch the debate? The game is more exciting. I have, yes. I may have something at stake, but in reality, the race is at stake and you have, <laughs> To lose more. because your, when I, your liberties within the state of georgia are at I risk but when i say
0: institutions i'm not referring to just the nba right right i'm referring as, as in general one of the things that i heard um um chairman pitts talk about a couple of weeks ago he's the chairman of atlanta he was talking about when covid first happened he reached out for on behalf of the city of atlanta he called and said he advanced, right he was like listen um we need more voting places we need more space i need y'all to partner with me on it right And it became such a replication that people from around the country started calling Fulton County's like, well, how are you able to build that relationship with Mercedes-Benz? How are you able to build that relationship with um, State Farm Arena, right? That's what I mean by institutions. Like, these people who have platforms and have access to being able to do certain things, should we not hold them accountable? Um, Like, some institutions don't even allow that, don't even pay their employees to go out and vote, right? Um, We're only have 10 employees but yet we give four hours of we give four hours to go out and vote
3: right it should be a national holiday it should be a national national
0: what were you about to say Shani
2: I was just going to say it absolutely should be um but it, it it's about an agenda I agree you know um if it was more if it was about rights if it was about the progression of civil rights or people's ability to I, I don't think that's a priority and anytime there's two things competing against each other I think that whoever is in charge of television they tend to give you options that allow you to sleep and that's just the way it is you know most people just want to be okay you know people who live in reality understand that really security doesn't exist but it's the lulling to sleep you know I don't have to deal with this I've got pressure you know so I'll just watch the game not understanding that your very life is at stake with the other channel. (laughs) So that's my thoughts about it.
4: state, then you mm-hmm. end up finding out that you know you get some laws on the books that come into play that mm-hmm. are going to affect you as a gun owner, mm-hmm. as a as a teacher, right? As a parent, even. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and these are the kind of things that we need to be careful of. And like you said, voting for our judges today, and one of the things like you said, they're not paying attention mm-hmm. to who their candidates are. But once you, you find out, and they go by name recognition, and so and which is could be really detrimental because name recognition might have you voting someone in or keeping someone in office that really doesn't deserve to be there because they're uh, they're uh, the way they think and the way they do things are not in alignment or in agreement with what you believe. Okay. And, you know, so name recognition could be very detrimental. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's most important that we get out and make sure that we know who the candidates are and know what the, the, uh, what's at risk when it comes to the various laws that are, are going to be voted in. Mm-hmm. And I, I go
0: back to the fact that, you know, okay. as, a, as an African-American person, one of the things that I always tell people is that just because it has a black face, doesn't mean that it stands for black values
4: absolutely Um, clarence
0: thomas is a perfect example of it so even today there was one particular i went and voted today first off just for everybody to know i got my (laughs) sticker on today um but literally there was one particular category of candidates there were a whole bunch of black people running right i didn't vote for not one of the black people in that category i voted for the person who was not black right not because of the fact that i was so caught up in the fact that oh a black person could be in this position what is the platform that you stand for
2: right some of the things that
0: you stood for in the past right um the person who I voted for we've actually met went to lunch with and everything um and I know what he stands for I know what's in his head some of these other people I don't right I've seen them I know of them I know them um but their platforms in their person in their personal how they deal with people personally is not something that's aligned with the values in which I'm trying to put into that particular office. Right, And I think that when we talk about voting, we can't talk about voting without talking about the lack of education that comes behind exactly. it. Exactly. That people have to get out and educate themselves on who's running, educate themselves on the platform they're running on. Mm-hmm. And then once they get in office, we have an obligation because they are accountable. They, they are employees of ours, They are to hold them accountable to the promises they made. Yes, I can go through a whole list of people who I know ran on progressive agendas in 2020 and mm-hmm. have gone out since that time and have gone to the opposite side and been like, yeah, you know, um, I ran on this agenda, but we're mm-hmm. not gonna really be working on this agenda. We're gonna work on something else. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's the reason why I have so much respect for Gwinnett County DA. DA Patsy, yeah. I absolutely adore her because of the fact that she ran on a platform and she has not shied away from her platform.
4: Oh, um,
0: and, she's even, and, and, and despite what people have said in her office and everything, uh-huh. she continues to flow with it, right? Uh-huh. There always be more people coming out of law school. There will always be more attorneys looking for jobs. But at the end, to the end of the day, I think that for me, anything that I do, if I can't sleep with it at night, uh-huh. if I can't sleep with the choices I made or the decision I made, then the position is not worth it. for me. Uh-huh. And um, one of the things that I've been praying about this year is that I told God, like, you know, if, if, taking me to another platform in life is going to cause me to lose who i am mm-hmm. keep the platform
3: that's right
0: and i think we need more politicians out there that have that mentality that humility to say like, hey if me getting in this position is going to cause me to lose the character of person who i am mm-hmm. keep the position right okay. um but we have to educate people on voting we have to educate people on what sb202 says because there are some things that have gotten out there as misinformation it's not about um, you not being able to give a person water in line it's about the fact that they can't be within a certain distance of them actually being in the bowling polling place right so how do we learn the rules and how do we learn to work within them is extremely important
3: and the targeting of specific communities because you know even when you bring up sb speak two or two the um you know just the 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 thunderous chorus of um it doesn't affect me it doesn't, and, and that's the point that's the point is it affects some people and it doesn't affect everybody. That's the whole point is that by definition is injustice, that it's targeting some and, and it happens to be it's targeting the less privileged, and it's not targeting the privileged. And that is the whole point when people are like, you know, I've never had a problem. It's not that's exactly the point is, you know, that the, it's just to me, it, it's not rocket science when everyone that's protesting just Rights and just you know, I mean, it's very personal. it's black or a minority, and yeah. and every, and, I mean, and this is not to be divisive. This is to just you know, try to bring, trying to bring people together, you know, because you, you live for justice, making everybody um, the you know the playing field even for all people. And so um, when you hear just these choruses of "There's nothing wrong with this," it's, it's it's not there's that's the point is it's nothing wrong with it in your world, right. but can you hear the voices? Of somebody who might live in a neighborhood, and we could explain that one if we had about you know ninety hours. But that <laughs> lives in a neighborhood <laughs> that lives in a, you know, a neighborhood where they don't have transportation. They have, I think, Georgia. Um, I think just in Gwinnett County. Um, I think I have the statistics in my iPad because I gave them off at one of my uh, Why Justice Matters things. But we have like thirty-five less ballot boxes now. You know, so I mean those are all affecting certain populations in certain neighborhoods. It's just not rocket scientists to, to see. The, the bottom line is everybody should have the same access, even people that don't drive. Cause I know one of the things that SB202 do does is that they um just totally discontinued that mobile unit in Fulton mm-hmm. County. And so, you know, so then taxpayer money that went to that mobile unit, now they're saying, no, you can't use it. All right. Well, justice. if we're talking about justice then everybody, people who an invalid, a senior invalid at home needs to have a right to vote. So you know if you're going to discontinue the mobile unit that went out to um, neighborhoods that either didn't have transportation or people that can't move, I don't maybe hospital, I don't know all the details, but they have everybody should have the same access to the poll, the same access. We have the same right we're supposed to by law on paper we do but in reality you know we have to all be able to access those polls as easily as people without a car need to be able to access the poll as easily as someone with the car whatever that looks like so um you know it's just uh it's frustrating to just continue to see the same thing play out it's just like it's on a different stage this year but it's the same thing it was you know back you in know 1964. in 1964. 19- right. you know and it's
0: shifting <laughs> from voting right so let's talk about the conscience of America right for a second let's talk so interestingly enough I (laughs) chance to see um, Nancy Pelosi she went over and visited Ukraine today and as of today or uh, yesterday she's the highest elected official from the United States that has visited Ukraine and I was I'm glad because I I don't like the war in Ukraine anybody knows my opinion on it I think that um, Vladimir Putin is a war criminal right but it was interesting how I stood up and she seemed to she said to the Ukrainian people like, we got your back as long as this takes, as long as you guys are in this fight, America has you. Oh, right. Jesus. And they're getting ready to approve thirty three billion dollars to give to Ukraine. Um, and it's it They've probably, already given. Yeah, they've probably given them a lot. Billions. Of and, and I don't have a problem with it for I, me. I, do. I don't have a problem with it. My mm-hmm. thing is that if we can move that quick other countries come on. is it not time for us to start looking in our own backyard and issues we have in our own backyard like people not be having access to health care like people not having access to food um like people not having access to black shelter. people not being able to get loans or shelter well, come um
3: on.
0: if we can make that commitment to other people and definitely when we talk about voting rights right i heard al sharpton say that um that one of the things that makes that has made black america so upset with president biden is that he said to us when he was running for president, he said that you have my back going into the election. I'm going to have your back when I get in office um, to the day. The only thing we got at him is the American Rescue Act, which didn't just affect the black community, it affected the country as a whole. Right. right. Um, we haven't gotten voting rights passed. We haven't got the George Floyd um, Policing Act passed. We have not been able to get um, anything passed that we will it, the, even to extend a child tax credit. Right. Which did make a huge impact on the African-American community.
4: Yeah.
0: Um, none of that stuff has been able to get past, And he's wondering why he is creating around 42%, I think it was today. But is it time for America to do some soul searching and stop helping everybody else out and look yes. at our own, our own territory for and realize sure. that like, we we got a lot of people over here who need help. And I'll let yeah. you kick off with that, Shane. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I absolutely believe it's time. Um, I think that just looking through history, I think America has always had um for lack of a better word, it's sort of like a caring complex I, I don't know we just always seem to be concerning ourselves with other people's things over our own and I never really understood it but this is sort of a historic pattern for America and I, and I, I really don't know why we can't just deal with home first um maybe maybe it's not a priority as much as um you know being able to, uh, contribute to other people's government for future reasons. Maybe there's something that we would want from them later. Maybe there's some leverage trying to be, you know, some exchange. I don't, I don't know. But that seems to be with with every president um, on some level. That seems to be the priority over the people. So, so this is, I don't think this is new. This is a recurring theme. I think that maybe whatever the imports or the exports or whatever it is, whatever kind of domination they're trying to, to to create i think that has changed over the decades but i don't think the reality of 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 being in another person's government for future favors or for future things i think that has always been and and perhaps always will be a priority over the people
4: well i would say i would to add to that i think part of that and you kind of see it they don't like you say they they run to the rescue of the ukraine Bosnia, and a bunch of other countries, but when it came to Haiti, to need some help. Mm. There was nothing. Puerto Rico. And Puerto Rico is an, is an it, American it, territory. It's an American territory and still got no, it didn't get any help. What the pattern I see is even outside of the country, it's still we'll take care of, for lack of a better oh, phrase, right. we'll take care of the Anglo-Saxon, Caucasian right. countries, but Absolutely. we will do very little to nothing when it comes to countries of color. Absolutely. That's what I see. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at, when you compare it to how they operate here in the States, mm-hmm. well, the people that need to help the most happen to be people of color.
2: That's right.
4: Now, granted, don't get me wrong, there are some people called whites, who are who are in need of help just like everyone mm-hmm. else. However, we can break we, it's okay. Exactly. You have to break a few eggs to make an omelet. But oh, the overall picture is 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 what I see what outside of the country is the same thing that takes place see, inside right. the country. I think I may have a one issue with that, right? Mm-hmm. Because
0: we paint the picture that black people are the needy people in America. And I, I want to really kill that, right? So Food stamps. Let's just use food stamps as a simple as a simple outline, right? That there are more Caucasian Americans on food stamps than in our African
2: Absolutely, agree.
0: Agree by far. Yes, right. Sir. Um, so what I don't think, and I think that the problem is, is that until it affects their community, right? right um, we 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 don't have a problem with it. So we look at the programs that are predominantly African based, right, and that African Americans. Do well, I don't want to call it do damage to, but um, that they use a lot. Medicare right, has been Mm -hmm. something that we've been on the chopping block about forever. But the reality is that Medicare saved a lot of African-American seniors, right? A lot Mm -hmm. of them would get in the grave if it had not Mm -hmm. been for Medicare. Um, But the fact, the reality is that Medicare is something that African-Americans use a lot of. Medicaid is not so much. We're not the predominant users of Medicaid, Mm -hmm. and people don't understand that. We are not the predominant users of Medicaid, Mm -hmm. right? Um, but then we look at some states like Georgia, where we, if we expand, if we expand it, expand it, I was reading an article, right. if Georgia actually expanded Medicaid to, to, to people, to citizens in, or in the state of Georgia, you know, who have the biggest impact by that African Americans. The reason why yes. they seem to want to keep it the way it is, is because majority of the people who are using Medicaid right now in the state of Georgia are not African American users, right? But if we expand it, it will open up access and give access to the communities that did not have access to it, to it before. So it seems like everything that, like the programs that benefit one side, we're okay with, mm-hmm. keep them rolling, right? right? In fact, if you get food stamps now, you may be get an additional benefit on food stamps right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet we don't wanna deal with Medicaid. We don't wanna deal with Medicare. We don't wanna deal with social security. And mm-hmm. these are all programs that we know that are predominantly African-Americans use more. My grandmother depended on her social security check until mm-hmm. the day she died. One of the most heartbreaking moments of her life I remember was when there's a certain point of Medicare where like, if you get Medicare, if you don't qualify, like they would take out whatever, like $136 or $140 out of your social security check in order to pay for your Medicare, right? To help pay for your Medicare. I still remember the day when it happened to my grandmother, her calling me on the phone for $136 crying because she didn't know how she was gonna pay her bills short because she was short that $136. And I remember having to get on the phone with the state of Florida, calling them and saying, hey, she can't afford to pay this. Is there anything you can do? And we ended up mm-hmm. getting that recoup. But it made a huge difference in her life, right? right? Um, but yet, food stamps, which is something that she rarely used, they only gave her 2 or $3 a month
4: yeah.
0: in food stamps. And she had to save those food stamps up yeah. for, like, four or five months in order to be even, even yeah. be able to buy something decent with yep. it, right? right. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I can't go with the metaphor, like, like, I love the fact that certain people will say that But black people are just abusing all these programs. That's not true. If you look at PPP, you look at um, Idle Loans, right? Majority of the people who benefited from that, that Tom Brady got millions of dollars dollars. from that. That's right. Um, Millions of dollars from that. And Tom Brady didn't need it. But yet a black person would go to their bank that they've been banking with for 20 years, 30 years. Bank for America, Wells Fargo. I'm calling you out. Sorry. Call them out. Um, They would bank with them for 20 or 30 years. And they'll tell them, hey, you hold up. Let us finish processing these loans and we'll come back to you. And then when they came back to them, they said to them, oh, we ran out of money, right? right? I know people who had to go to banks outside of their
4: banks. Absolutely.
0: And yeah, you know, you know some of know them, some right? Folks. Who Absolutely. had to go out to banks outside of their banks because the big banks that they bank with their whole life would not even help them. Right. And to, to, I mean, you don't see any place else where we had to make special laws and rules and regulations to say, hey, you know what? We're on, we're gonna allocate $20 million for only black banks and those mm-hmm. black banks have to go after black constituents, mm-hmm. right? There's right. no other race in America that we, we had that problem, right? right. Um, right. And, and, and that's I think that that's important that when we talk about it, it's the benefits yes. that it seems like people want to go after the ones that we tend to want that we tend to use, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality is that I don't know how we as a nation, you know, one I, I say this all the time, but yesterday I was speaking at somebody's church for the anniversary, and um, I was speaking about the principle of how we sometimes need silent time with God. Mm-hmm. And it hit me while I was uh, preaching, like, the reason why most people don't want silent time with God is because it would require you to look too much at yourself. Come on. And one of like the hardest things for us to do is to look at ourselves. The reason why America is so easy to go help Ukraine, because it requires, because as long as I'm helping Ukraine, I don't have to look at what's going on in my own backyard. Right. As long as I'm helping uh, or fighting Russia, I don't have to deal with what's going on in my own backyard. Right. But the reality is that if America is not willing to look at what's going on in its own backyard, we're the, epitome of what a democracy is Mm -hmm. this is not a democracy what we have now where people go out and vote and we try to hinder their votes and we say hey since we can't ask you like how many jelly beans are in this jar then you know what we'll do we'll tell you don't pass out water in line we won't feed you in line we'll make grandma go wait for four or five hours right in line knowing that if she have to wait four or five hours her child gonna come get him like no mom, we just gonna go home right Uh, i'm gonna scare you And we've had people call our office and say, hey, I don't know whether I can even vote if I'm legally able to vote. And and they'll call the probation officer and the probation officer is telling them, I don't know. But the law states that if you want to find out if you can get your rights restored as as offender, you have to reach out to the parole board. But the parole board is telling you that you don't know. Hmm. So, I mean, um, I think that we have to get to a point where we we really search the the conscience of our Mm -hmm. nation. Yes. And, And I don't even, I tell people in 2021, I tell people in 2020, I'm telling the same thing now that this is not really a ballot about Brian Kemp. It's not about the governor of Purdue. It's about the soul of this nation. Like yes. who they're gonna be going
3: forward. Right. And this I election agree. is just as important. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yes. I agree. And the irony of a lot of you know, like what you're talking about is see, um people only see things the way the way they know them. In other words, like, you know, some communities can't even conceive that grandma would, was Shane trying to talk? No, no. You weren't? Okay. Um, they can't even conceive of, you know, grandma being in line four to five hours to vote, grandma in a wheelchair in the heat being in line. So people can't even understand why water's a big deal because they live in a community where everybody, you know, just walks in and walks out and they have way more and inordinate amount of, um, polling locations, ballot boxes. They're they're just almost begging for votes in their communities. And so th- th- it's not even um, it, on the table to think about that, you know, some people are still so desperate for that right to vote that their ancestors have fought and died and been just brutalized for for decades. And that it means that much that they would actually line up for even, you know, seven or 10 hours. They, yes, they will line up like that. Yes. Need water. You know, some people that are just can't figure out why would you need, you know, water's not a big deal. Yeah. Well, you don't live in a community where the right to vote is so precious and, and still, you know, just, so it's still unattainable the exact equal right but they they don't even understand they can't even comprehend that a senior citizen would be sitting out there you know as long as it takes because Thanks. they so it's that precious to them go ahead you try to say something. no I was gonna say
0: you know what I, I think I was sitting around I was sitting here while I was listening to you thinking like when did I realize that as a black man I was less than in America right um and I would have to go back to New Orleans right? when we seen Hurricane Katrina rip mm-hmm. through New Orleans, and we knew that New Orleans was a very much predominantly African-American neighborhood, right? Mm-hmm. And the president of the United States got on a plane and flew over New Orleans and looked out the window at the
2: people that were right. suffering.
0: And that was one of the worst images we have of that moment, right? And that's when it hit me, like, when I realized that, you know what, we're not as valuable. But the crazy mm-hmm. part is that, even talking about Elon Musk buying Twitter, right? I, I was reading an article the other day how they call Twitter, the black Twitter, right? How most of the people who are on there, who have built platforms off of it, has been African American community, right? Um, They really have used Twitter to to their benefit. And now we have somebody like, and even to the fact where Twitter, and I learned this other day, has literally hired people, black people, to kind of say, how do we go after more black people? How do we get more black people to sign up for Twitter? How do we get them to use Twitter more, right? but it, it, to think about that, like, black people are the largest consumer in America by far. By far. You give us a, stip- a stipend check, where other parts of America are going to take that stipend check, put in their savings account, um, put in their children's savings account, split up $200 per child. Black people go to Walmart, okay? We're going to go to Publix. We're going to go to Kroger's. We're going to get what we need for our household, right? Mm-hmm. And we spend the money constantly. That's the reason why it's not uncommon for you to go into, like, you are looking in rural areas. There's not a Walmart there. But you find a rural Black area, you'll find a huge super Walmart in the middle of the rural Black area. If right. you look at Quincy, Florida as a prime example, right? But I think about Even too, Governor DeSantis, um, the great governor down in Florida, um, they went a step further than Georgia went with their voting rights bill. That last week he actually signed the law saying that not only do we have voter restrictions, right? We're gonna have a police department that's dedicated just to voting, oh right? Um, literally so for black people who are already afraid of police he created a police department Mm. that literally all they do is going to be dealing with voting issues and out of 1.4 million people who voted they only found or they've only been um, I think last thing I read was like 94 people were actually accused of voting fraud and so far today they were only able to turn over 44 of those people to the the DA's office or state attorney's office Mm -hmm. and out of the 44 they turned over only two have been prosecuted. And the two that was prosecuted were people who probably voted for DeSantis. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um But yet they created a whole police force, oh, whole wow. police force. Mm-hmm. And now I, I've heard that states like Georgia, states like um, wow. Texas, is looking at those kind of options. So we
4: have a lot of work to do in America.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, uh, well,
4: go ahead, Bridget, you go ahead. I've been talking to you. Go ahead. Have you I don't know. no, I'm
3: just wow. Yeah. And when we talk about, you know, a lot of the issues you've been talking about, like when you talked about um, Medicare and Medicaid, you know, if you know, like looking deeper at those issues, I mean, you know, at, at the root of it all is that. Well, I mean, that would be a whole different conversation, but the systemic racism that's in place and all of these in health period, just it's just, um, it's awful and. The fact that healthcare, and I know that this is controversial, but the fact that in this country, you know, like who's using Medicare, who's using Medicaid, it's just Absolutely. sad that in this civilized society that we don't have, everybody doesn't have, just the fact that you're an American citizen doesn't mean that you're, you know you're going to be able to see a doctor if you you, you can be in clean you can literally have your insides of your stomach falling out or have you know just something pushing out on something and literally you know now i know technically i guess you can go to the emergency room but the point is we all that if you don't have insurance and you don't have health care then you are not treated you do not have the same medical care and so you don't have the same longevity longevity of life and you know how the, all of that just snowballs but you know there's so so many so much depth to what you were talking about about the conscience of america and uh, the irony of a lot of that when people look like you were talking about how black black communities black people get a bad rap for this or that and it's not even factual and i was sitting there as you were describing that thinking you know not only is some you know these things not factual but the thing is that um the 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 injustices that were created in those systems were created by the ancestors of the very people that are sitting there you know judging and condemning and and, um some people honestly like through generations really just don't know they they do they do not have any clue how this got to be or that got to be they do not know and then you know they just rely on whatever narrative has come through their you know, family or their their communities and their friends and everything like that. But when you were describing all of that, I just was thinking, you know, the, the people that are sitting there in judgment of that um, are the people that created those systems in the first That's place. Right. But, That's know, right. That you know, like you said, until everybody can, um, you know, you always talk about looking at the man in the mirror and until you know we can just look at ourselves and that's why i think historical context is so important because sometimes people just have a wrong perspective on of things because mm-hmm. they don't understand like well it got to be this way because these people, that's right black wall street was burned down or you know every time that's right there was you know black wealth they got torched and murdered and right. Or start over at square one again. So you know, until that's why it's so important for because otherwise, people are just left to draw their own conclusions, and they're wrong conclusions like that. Like, well, black people are just using up the system, and black people are just doing, and they don't understand. They have. They. They do not. And, and that's why I think it's so important to. But then when truth is spoken, it needs to be received and not just resisted. Mm-hmm. And that just speaks to a deeper, a deeper root of you really do think you're superior, you're supreme. That's you right. Know, you really do. And those things come out, you know, they, they come out. Um, they come out in ways like where they they do not want to hear anything about you know the land of the free and the home of the brave and it's, it doesn't have anything to do with patriotism or anything. It's just facts. It's facts, and if we want to change the way things are, we have to come to terms with what we did to get here, so we don't do it again. So and, let me uh, ask
4: this question: How much of what we've learned over the years that the media has a role to play in what we learn? as far as our candidates, as far as the the rules that are coming down the pipeline, whether new or old, the narrative that's being laid out when it comes to uh, Medicaid, Medicare, who's using it, who isn't, mm-hmm. abortions, and so on and so forth. How much of a role does the media play?
2: A lot. I think huge. I was just sitting here thinking when, when Pastor Lisa was talking, I've worked um, a lot of property management and I've done a lot of section eight and section 42. And the perception is that black people are on section eight. It's most, I can tell you from my own life from working in it every day, there are just as many white people on section eight and section 42 than there are, as there are black people and minority, other minority people. And you talk about the soul of a nation, um, the government gives, um, veterans, what they call HUD-VASH, which is equivalent to Section 8. I can't tell you how many communities will not take a HUD voucher from a veteran and a veteran who has, I mean, everybody deserves fair housing, fair, clean housing. These are veterans and they will not take that voucher and those veterans will end up homeless or in a shelter or in some deplorable, rat infested, cockroach infested. And these are people who served our country. So I know the narrative when you look at television, you see black people on welfare, single moms on. It's just as many of everybody else as it is us. But that's just not what you see, you know, and people will say like Pastor Lisa was saying, oh, well, veterans, you know, they get guaranteed housing, they get guaranteed loans. But who gives them the house, who approves the loan, who approves the mortgage and there are steps that people don't see that the media is not showing you. They're just telling you, oh, well, you know, if you go to the military, you serve four years, you get a free house or you get a free, I mean, a, 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 I'm sorry, a a, a a non-red tape mortgage. And that's just not true. There are more homeless veterans, you know, from from all over. I mean, from every single branch of the military because they can't get housing. You know, they give them vouchers. The vouchers don't work. You know, there's no connecting the dots. So it's, it's just a really deplorable place to be and you know when sean when you speak of soul of a nation i mean these are our veterans you know how much worse can you get these are people who served
0: and this is the reason why i want you guys on here i knew that this would probably be one of my longest
3: podcasts Um, (laughs) (laughs) it was
0: well worth it and we didn't even get into like all the topics because i wanted to talk about judge jackson and so many other things that have gone on in america now but we have run out of time. Um, and thank you for Dana and I see the Miss Diane Robinson who was um, commenting through during the time. But we have run out of time but we would love 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 to continue this conversation another time and bring you guys back on for a round two like you guys have done before um with uh, we, uh, just why justice matters mm-hmm. but i think that we have to continue the dialogue i think we have to continue the conversation. um i do want to remind everybody out there who's watching that we do have major events coming up through black push we have a board and court conference coming up in augusta on may 21st yes um then we followed by in making june, june 25th 25th, we'll be in Macon, and then in the month of July, July 16th, we'll actually host our Blackfish, we'll actually introduce our in, inauguration gala, where we'll be talking mm-hmm. about a night of service, where we'll be honoring people like Sonoma Clayton, Ambassador Young, um, Helen Butler, Helen Butler mm-hmm. uh, Latasha Tim- Brown, Rev- Reverend Timothy McDonald, yes. Reverend Shannon Jones, um, Sandra Williams from the Atlanta North Georgia Labor Council, um, mm-hmm. Mr. Hank. Jones, yes, John Thomas, no, uh, Henry Hank Henry Thomas. Hank, Thomas. Yes. Um, and we're actually going to be presenting our first ever John Lewis Award yes. on that night. So we are super excited about that. Um, and continue to check out our website. For those who are not registered to vote, please go to mvp.sos.ga.gov. Know your status, know where you can go vote. Know where your early voting place is at. Knowing that it started today. I've already got my sticker saying I voted. But we need not only my voice, we need everybody's voice. So join us at the poll. And I think on um, May 18th, stay tuned to our website, but we're going to have a national early voting day. um, Throughout the whole state of Georgia, a whole bunch of different nonprofits are coming together to make that day the day that we actually get out and vote. So join us. And until tomorrow, kudos.
2: Alright.